0: Welcome to 360 Degrees of Healthcare with Dr. Stan. An in-depth look at our industry from our very own chief medical officer who will talk with other medical and industry professionals on the changing and evolving landscape of the healthcare system from the inside. And now, live from Zero Studios, our very own infectious disease expert with a contagious personality, Dr. Stan Schwartz.
1: Welcome to 360 Degrees of Healthcare. My name is Dr. Stan Schwartz, and I am excited to welcome you to today and get involved in an insightful conversation. I have a special guest today. His name is Bryce Haybeck, And for purposes of full disclosure, I must tell you, I've known Bryce for many years, and he is a sterling gentleman. He's the executive director of MedWise, and I'm so glad he's here today to talk about why a gas station has gone into the healthcare business. And Bryce, could we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved in going from a gas station to healthcare?
2: Absolutely, and and thank you for having me. Um, So I started my career with Quick Trip as a senior in high school in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, dabbled a little bit in the college arena, but was very thrilled that QuickTrip was able to teach me some leadership in our operations department. So for 15 years, I was uh, doing things like recruiting, hiring, and training in multi-unit management. Uh, In 2012, I relocated to Tulsa, and that's when I started working with you uh, as uh, the manager of QuickTrip's health plan. Uh, that job um, for seven years taught me a ton about healthcare from the insurance side and as a purchaser of healthcare, um, and uh, learned a lot about um, what a lot of us do today when we think about improving the, uh, a health plan for our employees. QuickTrip is self-administered, so we uh, process and pay our own claims internally. A uh, few people know that about QuickTrip in the. Um, in the local area that that Stan and I spent some time together putting together direct contracts, et cetera. Uh, But the real reason of of moving over came from that experience and from QuickTrip's appetite to do something a little bit different. Uh, What I mean by that is uh, several years ago, QuickTrip started to uh, research industries that we could invest in outside of our core business of the C-store business. Um, But uh, they put uh, a very difficult, were uh, some obstacles in the way, which are all good obstacles. Number one, it needed to be uh, something that was gonna grow long-term. So we weren't looking for a quick dollar, uh, an investment that we could just roll over in two, three, five years and then cash out. Uh, number two, it needed to be something um, that uh, still resonated with who we are as a brand, uh, which eliminates several industries. Um, and then the last thing, uh, which is most important, is it needed to provide an opportunity for our current employees a uh, place to go. And so uh, Quick Trip every year loses a couple hundred employees uh, to the healthcare industry because they're getting into the medical field and we do not uh, have any place for them to go. And and so we uh, feel a little bit sad about what skills they learned with us, mostly customer service and running around and being fast and friendly. Um, and so when Quick Trip started to research the uh, medical field. Obviously, the the industry is so large, they narrowed that focus to urgent care. And when that uh, focus was narrowed, I joined this team of research. And then in uh, late 2019, I started leading the team. And then January of this past year, so it's been a year now we became an official LLC.
1: Wow, interesting. Um, by the way, if you are listening live and not on the podcast, Please use the Q&A feature at the bottom of your Zoom screen to ask any questions. We welcome questions and we're really all about questions and I know Bryce wants those tough questions. So, you know, Quick Trip is kind of legendary in the states you're in for customer service. You know, everybody knows you walk into a Quick Trip store and everybody says hello to you and everybody is friendly and everybody seems to love their job. What is it that you hope to export from that part of your business to fix what's wrong with healthcare?
2: Great question. And I think that's what we get asked a lot because there can definitely be some confusion between should a gas station even play in this field. Um, And we believe that uh, the core competencies, the things that you mentioned fast and friendly and efficient are, are things that healthcare is not known for. If we close our eyes and we think of a gas station, uh, we don't always think of an awesome place. But if you think of quick trip, maybe it's better than, than that, that first vision. And if you close your eyes and think of healthcare, you don't think of fast and friendly and efficient. Other words came to mind. Uh, so with all respect to the industry and the expertise that's needed, we believe that there is a, a great place for us to improve um, the experience that a patient has and specifically why we're in urgent care Uh, is because it is not the most critical type of care, Um, meaning uh, that the level of expertise is a little bit different. Uh, We uh, at an urgent care are not uh, doing major surgeries and and not saving lives uh, initially. Um, And so uh, where people aren't normally used to be treated with a smile and to have somebody uh, try their their best to uh, get results and or be seen um, timely, those are things that we think that we can do because that's what we're doing at a gas station
1: are you doing anything you know part of the experience in healthcare that often is not the best in the world is what happens before and what happens after you know it may be hard to reach a doctor. They're often closed over lunch hour. You get that message that, you know, we have too many people on the line. We can't answer your call right now. And then afterwards, you know, all the problems with bills you don't understand and all that. What what are you doing to fix the front end and the back end of healthcare other than the visit itself?
2: Yeah. So in the previous role and time I spent a lot working with you, Stan, is we talked a lot about primary care and that's not what, uh, or in urgent care does. There are some, you know, areas that are a little bit blurred, but for the most part, this is things that are after hours uh, or weekends and, and when you cannot see your primary care physician, in addition to not being able to uh, or, or, or not going to an ER, which uh, I think we all can agree there's so many things that are not appropriate for an ER in, in many places across our state uh, and specifically just right here in Tulsa. It is difficult to find care. Um, So you're absolutely correct. Once you determine you want to get into an urgent care, you still have some hurdles to to trip over. Um, If you go to our website, we'd love for people to give us feedback on what this looks like. You can book online. Um, You could also pull into our our lot and call and walk through a patient uh, navigation experience of of which you can just text and uh, never actually have to even come into our clinic uh, we can capture your insurance. Uh, we can um, complete a transaction of a copay or coinsurance from the car, and we call this curbside care. That looks a lot like what everyone else is doing in a, in a current COVID world. Um, and uh, in addition to that, um, you know, I think the backside that you mentioned is is definitely a place where healthcare is is inefficient. Um, we want to measure the entire experience a patient has from. Uh, the first moment of walking in to a couple of months down the road when you get uh, a bill and if uh, you had a pleasant experience on the front side, but when you get that bill, it doesn't line up with what how you felt, you may then give us a, a score that says uh, the whole thing was not good. Uh, and so we want to have um, and, and have been working heavily on on making sure that we have access to things like a patient portal. Um and, and getting things filed timely both with insurance and getting back to a, a patient with any sort of bill. So uh, some of the things on the backside stand, I admit we are not good at yet. Um, if, if anyone wants to look at our website or just the Google reviews, you can see that we're doing a good job of the first phase uh, above expectations as far as providing a good experience while you're in our clinic. We have a lot more experience still to learn on the backside, but we wanna deploy these tools um, and, uh, and these tools meaning access to the, the information um, so that people have a good understanding of what did uh, I consume as far as uh, a bill and uh, what should I expect if I need anything in the future.
1: What it, when somebody comes into one of your urgent care clinics, I mean, what will they see that's different from you know an ordinary urgent care clinic?
2: Sure. So um, I, I'm very proud of, of what we have from the moment someone walks into the, the clinic. Um, typically, uh, the, this position is called the front desk uh, employee, and, and uh, I, I you know, affectionately joke that that's a piece of furniture. So uh, I would hate that my job title was a, the same thing as a piece of furniture. We call that person a patient experience coordinator, um, yes, they are checking insurance, collecting copays, pays um, completing the check-in process and registration process. Uh, every one of our patient experience coordinators came from Quick Trip. Uh, so that means they have customer service training down, um, that they have came from a, a fast-paced gas station environment, and this pace at an urgent care is much slower than what they're used to. Uh, in addition to that, I think probably just the visual aesthetics. Um, if you get a chance to come to one of our clinics and we hope that you don't need it, but for some reason, if you need care, we're here for you. Uh, if you walk in, you'll see we're very open air. We don't have a glass door that someone hides behind uh, while they're doing the secret things that they're doing. Uh, we should have people that are open to greet you and and, uh, and, and to help you through the process um, without some sort of restricted uh, thing in front of you. Um, on top of that, you know, it's it's it's. Um, Uh, designed to have the sounds and the sights and the feels that that science tells us calms people down. Um, Urgent care is not known for uh, uh, quick patient scene times. There's usually a wait involved. So to try to make that as most comfortable as possible. So things like free Wi-Fi and the ability to charge your device so that you can uh, hopefully um, you know, find something to do while that wait is is there is, is something that we're really um, trying to do as quick as possible. In addition, we have a uh, self check-in kiosk station if someone does not want to get close to contact with another individual because of um, COVID or or any other reasons, and so that's available for somebody to do to register themselves.
1: How much how much input did your customer experience people from the Quick Trip side have, and how did they? How did they work with the medical side, the doctors, to, you know, was there tension in that? Was it, a, was it easy to, to roll in all of Quick Trip's consumer experience?
2: So um, it was not easy to do that. Um, I will say that we have heavily relied on some experts at Quick Trip to teach us things that, that the, the parent company has known for many years. Um, and so there's several things at play, but you're absolutely correct that when merged with um, the clinical experts of what you can and cannot do, uh, there was a lot of things that uh, we had to sort of, uh, you know, step back and, and adjust. Um, obviously that uh, QuickTrip has uh, so many years of understanding uh, a, a customer's basket, if you will. And so if someone typically gets a coffee, you want to pre- strategically have them walk past donuts before they get to the front stand because that's, <laughs> uh, that's a complimentary item. Uh, that doesn't exactly work the same place in the, in the, the back office of an urgent care. Um, uh, behind the, the, the front desk, once a patient is taken back, we also have another open area where we want the provider's and the MAs to be able to work in a space where they can collaborate and not have hallways or walls that separate those sort of things. However, uh, again, keeping with uh, making sure that uh, information is confidential and safe with both HIPAA and PHI, making sure that we have stuff over our screens so that that, the patients don't see stuff that they shouldn't and or just the feeling that maybe we aren't keeping those things safe. So that is a, a good, another good example of where uh, if QuickTrip had it its way and there weren't these other clinical uh, things in place, um, maybe we could even be even more efficient, um, but definitely a, a good balance of making sure that uh, the clinical things will prevail, but use the Trip influence of trying to, again, think of how a patient feels and experiences healthcare, and that's what's forefront in our mind uh, for each visit.
1: Um let me remind the audience that's listening live, if you have questions, please use that Q&A function. And we have a question for you here. Um, let me paraphrase the question. Is QuickTrip just going to be doing urgent care or do you plan to branch out into other fields of medicine?
2: We um, need to learn and uh, get good at urgent care, um, but we have purposely named the company MedWise LLC. Uh, to leave room for the ability to do some things in the future. Um, We have just two clinics that are open, um, but we have another 13 that will open in the next 16 months. Um, And they are all urgent cares that will provide some sort of uh, additional occupational medicine and some other complementary things. So for now, in the next couple of years, urgent care is where we need to uh, get good at, become efficient. Um, And then we could look at some other things. Um, If we look at things outside of urgent care as a whole, um, and if you've seen one of our facilities, uh, it is likely we'd have to make some pretty big changes or do something different. But for right now, the buildings that we have um, could not really um, add many lines of service based on the size.
1: So how are things going compared to where you projected they would be?
2: Yeah, so uh, very happy to say that the volumes are above expectations. Um, a, a healthy part of that is that, that rapid COVID testing is something that we have um, been good at, and, uh, and I'll say good, as in uh, apparently it, it's good enough to have people coming back. Um, we know that that's a need. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, again, like I mentioned, our Google reviews are above expectations, Um that people are telling us that 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 they are feeling that you know we are fast and friendly and and uh, you know treating people with empathy, so those things have been really good. Um, with that being said, uh, when your volumes are above expectations, you tend to wear out or test and try some of your systems and processes uh, pretty quickly. And so, if you have a ramp up. Uh, in a new business, it's kind of nice to, to build that in and, and give you the room to grow and adjust. We have not had, uh, because of the high volumes, uh, some of our systems, we found it real quickly, we'll need to adjust much quicker uh, so that we can meet the demand of, of the higher volume.
1: I've got another question here. Good question. Where are the two clinics located?
2: Yeah, so the first clinic we opened up was in Coweta, and uh, the second clinic is in Wagner. Uh, we open in the third one two weeks from today in Broken Arrow. Um, we've had a lot of people ask, you know, uh, why Kawita um, Wagner versus, you know, a Tulsa address mm-hmm. right off the gate. Um, and uh, if anyone is experienced opening a business um, in a big city versus, you know, a more smaller city, uh, there's an easy answer there that permitting in a small city becomes really simple. Uh, When you bring the name like Quick Trip to Town, uh, a lot of folks will will, will help quicker. Also, just finding a site. um, Empty dirt is more available in a small town than than finding an existing site in Tulsa, and it causes you to have to do more construction and site work, etc. But the 15 that we're going to build will all be in the Tulsa MSA, and Wagner will most likely be one of the furthest out, um, and we'll have several with a Tulsa address including uh, what's up coming up soon is a Sand Springs, Tulsa, or uh, excuse me, Sepulpa, Owasso, Bixby. Um, and, and so we'll have the, the area covered with with, with several.
1: Um, I got a question here. Will the prices be roughly the same as other urgent cares? Is, is price going to be a differentiator, do you think?
2: You know, I, I think that's a tough question to answer because, um, again, you and I have worked together to to, to believe that that really is important. Um, and so, if I put my old hat back on, uh, for those those folks that have a deductible and the first dollars are on the patient, uh, you are you know conscientious of of where I'm going to spend my money. Um, but what I've seen in the in the short time that we've been open is that that isn't always what becomes most important. Uh, people do really, do, they care about the experience. They, they want to trust uh, the care that's being provided and, and quality. Now, to, to specifically answer your question, we are absolutely being, uh, you know, we, we are looking at competitors' prices and trying to match or, or beat those sort of things. Um, but uh, again, as you and I have joked in the past, there's very few people who post a lot of this pricing. And even a frustration of mine, Stan, has been, uh, I have wanted to post pricing and then to come to find out how difficult it is to reconcile that back to an individual carrier, your insurance. Then you're left with putting asterisks in legal language at the bottom of your website to try to make sure that you don't get something inaccurate and you struggle to just go, well, wait a minute, why am I putting all this information that doesn't really tell the whole story? Uh, but the short answer would be yes, uh, we definitely want to have The same, you know, match someone's pricing uh, because we believe that, you know, that is important, but it has not exactly been uh, as important as I would have thought.
1: I've got a question here. Will I be able, if, if I like the experience, can I go back there and use the clinic like my primary care doctor?
2: Uh, so that is another great question, but um, a, a, an urgent care is not designed to do that. Longitudinal care should be provided by a primary care physician um, and somebody who is going to have the time uh, to review um, your medical history and you know monitor chronic disease. And that is not something that we are doing. Um, that's probably a good question for you to answer, Stan, on, on why and what's appropriate. But we know that that's not where we currently exist. Um, I will say that if we get outside of the Tulsa MSA and move into more rural areas, it is very likely that we would need to sort of split our model because we understand that someone may want to follow up with us and there's not another primary care option. In Tulsa, there is adequate primary care in most places, um, and, uh, and if that's the case, then then we, we would like to help somebody find that, including it is important for us for the less fortunate to be able to have an opportunity to find uh, primary care that's affordable and so we're working with uh, maps and some other groups in Tulsa to make sure that if somebody needs that um, but for right now our urgent cares are the uh, you know the the uh, typical episodic acute care uh, not in a longitudinal relationship
1: I've got a question here when should somebody go to urgent care I mean what kind of things should they not go to to Medwise for? What kind of things should they go to Medwise for? What don't yeah. you like to have walk in the door or roll in the door?
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, so we, we like to refer to it as uh, our, our chief medical officer calls it the four B's: the the basic uh, bumps, breaks, bruises, and illnesses. Uh, that's what we see. That that that's um, you know what we're trained to handle. Uh, if someone is hit by a car or has some concussion-like symptoms, uh, stroke or heart attack, that absolutely should be in an ER. Uh, if someone wants a, a physical just to get back to school or work, we absolutely can take care of that. But if someone's wanting to uh, um, re- uh, review their medical history, uh, review their compliance you know, to a chronic Ill- illness or something like that, they, they need to see their primary care physician. Um, so... You know, for the most part, we're seeing somebody who just can't get into their primary care. They've got uh, flu-like symptoms, uh, uh, something simple that we can stitch up, um, and it's it's going to be hard to get into, uh, you know, a, a primary care physician, or, um, you know, we know that it's not appropriate for ER. Uh, we have x-ray, we have labs, so simple, simple breaks, the simple, very simple stuff we can handle and, and, and help somebody get to an orthopedic group. After that, we will, you know, set and splint uh with some durable medical equipment but you know we're not performing any surgeries or anything like that um and so very simple stuff uh you know uh, what we call episodic care Uh, um, that's the most appropriate thing for for using an urgent care
1: i've got another question here and this person's (laughs) totally anonymously (laughs) it's kind of funny are patients surprised to be in a healthcare setting where they are treated like customers and not like vessels for billing codes
2: uh yeah (laughs) Uh, so anonymous right um so i think i think they are and i again i would ask anyone to read our google reviews Um, you know it's nice to hear somebody say that you listened and you let me explain before just, you know, treat him and street them, And that, that is a term that you and I talked about years ago, that that's um, unfortunately what some pieces of the healthcare system have become. And uh, we don't want to be known for that. We do want to, to be warm and friendly and empathetic and helpful. Um, and so uh, I think that at times, yeah, we, we get responses that, that our patients are saying, it's nice that you act, actually seem like you wanted me to come in. You, you wanted me to To visit today. Um, It's a much different thing when you think about uh, at a gas station where we train people to say, you know, hey, how are you today? And when you leave, we say, thanks and come back and see us again. Those are things that aren't appropriate in urgent care, but yet you you just change those, the the, the word, you know, the verbiage up a little bit so that you can uh, say words that that resemble that same thing. We are happy you're here. We know it's probably not your favorite place to be because you, you have a need. And if you need us in the future, you know, please reach out to us.
1: I've got a question here. Can you discuss quality of care? Uh, You know, you've talked mainly about convenience and cost, but what kind of uh, physicians and professional staff your clinics and how do people know they're getting quality?
2: Yeah, good Good thing to, to ask about. I think it's very important. Um, so our staffing uh, model in, in most cases, uh, care is going to be provided from an advanced practice provider, so that'd be a nurse practitioner or a PA. Um, it, we use physicians as the oversight, the training, um, and the quality and compliance. Um, so we have a chief medical officer who uh, Really nice guy, and I can brag a lot about him. But very overqualified for two clinics. Uh, definitely here to help us grow much larger. Underneath him is our physician leads that are in and around the clinics, and, and they're reviewing and ensuring um, that we are meeting um, good quality standards. With that being said, the you know urgent care is looked at much different when it comes to quality. Um, joint commission is not appropriate for this place. Some of the other things that are in place for primary care are also not appropriate. Um, there is an urgent care association that has an accreditation process that we are going through mm-hmm. right now. And so we'll have third parties that come out and review what's going on. But we also are susceptible to you know CMS guidelines for both Medicare and Medicaid, uh, where they do, you know, um, uh, random stops into the clinic to review some of the things that we're doing. Our lab has, uh, you know, uh, quality metrics that are required for us to continue with licensing. Um, and so, um, you know, what, what is, it, again, interesting is this space is, is probably not uh, looked at enough. And, um, you know, for, for the last 15 to 20 years, people have stopped identifying with the primary care physician and they use urgent care more than they ever had before. Most of that is due to our American culture of wanting to consume things when on my time, not uh, most convenient to other people. So um, I can choose urgent care A or I can choose urgent care B. In um, many cases, there's there's enough urgent care around town that you can find one. Um, what's the difference between the two? Most likely, it won't be quality because I, I do believe that most are going to meet the expectations. It will be the patient experience. And so we absolutely are meeting Uh, quality expectations and we have teams of physicians that are reviewing those things. Um, Patient experience is what most people will go back to an urgent care for. And that's where most of our efforts have been. Um, Hopefully that answers the question, Stan.
1: I've got another question here since you've opened up. What, what wasn't, what hasn't turned out to be what you expected it to be? That's kind of an open question.
2: Yeah. um, You know, I I believe that we have several tools to make the, you know, booking the appointment online or through your phone very simple, as well as a patient portal, and we have not seen people adopt those things as much as I would have thought. Um, We have several people who call and want to walk through the entire check-in process on the phone, and we're happy to do that, Um, but it is uh, one of the things that I didn't expect from a labor model that we are we're getting more calls and spending more time on, on the phone with people, even though there is a, a tool or resource that they wouldn't have to do that. Uh, sometimes I like that, Stan, because it means that we get to hear uh, directly from a patient while they're, they're going through the process. Um, other times, of course, uh, you know, for those that are tech savvy, um, you want to know that if you spend some money on, on some of the tech to have functionality, uh, but have not have as much utilization, it makes you question, did we value that more than <laughs> the, the, the reality?
1: so uh here's a question that fits right in with that how much of urgent care in your future do you think will be virtual do you plan to offer virtual care
2: so we have virtual care now and uh, we're seeing um of you know of our volume it would be less than five percent um it'll be interesting to see if that continues to grow not only just with our business growth but just um in America as a whole, I, I think that primary care is a much better place to do, uh, um, you know, telemedicine. I also know for certain that there are several companies out there that do uh, this, uh, that do telehealth in a much better way than we can currently. They're bigger; uh, they've invested a lot more in the tech and and the capabilities. Um, so we have to be careful because we're we're limited to, you know, we only have providers in the state. Uh, so marketing it to, to some degree could be difficult if someone's traveling and they want to call us, we can't give them a prescription outside of our state. Um, but we're, we're we're aware of it and wanting to keep our eyes on it and for it to continue to grow. Um, but urgent care as a, um, you know, a bricks and mortar like we are um, just isn't seen yet as a great place to consume that. And uh, And I would agree as a You know, I support our business 100%, but if I was going to get an urgent televisit, I would probably use one of the national uh, opportunities. Some of them have a cash price that's so nice and low that that is much better than what we can currently do um, and and, and do it well.
1: I've got a couple of other fun questions here to kind of wrap things up. why didn't you just put the QT logo on everything you do since QT is so well-known? You guys are legendary for customer service. I mean, that's yeah. a good question. I mean, it would have seemed like that would have been a good draw.
2: It is a good question. It's one that I hear probably the most, Dan. Um, I think in Tulsa, th- it absolutely uh, would make this thing very uh, easy to just take off and ramp up and, and go um we know that that isn't exactly the way other markets and as we grow it would be felt Uh, we don't want to operate on multiple names there are some urgent cares out there that have you know just kind of a different flag that they fly depending on which market and so we believe this thing is going to be bigger than just Tulsa that's the plan and we'll continue to grow it that direction Um, and we didn't want there to be the stigma that possibly that the employee behind the the front desk, uh, you know was cleaning a pump earlier today and now is, is registering me. <laughs> um, and uh, in addition to that, um, you know we, we also think that for, the, for those medical experts, some of them are going to have a little bit of hard time initially coming over and, and understanding they work for a gas station. Not everybody. I think Stan would be fine working. Uh, at one of our places, but there are some folks that don't understand and appreciate who QuickTrip is in the community and as an employer. And so um, it it helps us on both sides there. Uh, But yeah, certainly something that, again, in Tulsa makes total sense, Uh, in Austin, San Antonio, Denver, some of the other QuickTrip markets, I just don't think it would be as well received.
1: I've got more questions than we have time for. I've got two more. Um, why, you know, somebody said, I just read that General Motors will phase out internal combustion engines by 2035. Are you worried that gas stations just won't be needed in the future?
2: So the good thing is that I don't have to do that worrying, Stan, but it is uh, certainly something that QuickTrip's aware of. And so to go back at the very beginning when we mentioned why we were looking, that that absolutely is something of just being aware. Uh, QuickTrip's done a great job of molding the business uh, from way back to 1958, we didn't have gas. I don't think everyone even is aware of that. But for 13 years of QuickTrip's history, we didn't even have gasoline. We were a corner store. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to continue to uh, involve, you know, evolve and uh, companies that don't change end up closing up. Um, this is uh, something that we looked at. So that date and what they're doing specifically uh, certainly makes the people at Quick Trip and some folks in in our petroleum department mm-hmm. nervous. I'm sure they're fully prepared to come up with something or think things through. Uh, For me, I'm glad I don't have to think about that. And what I do need to think about is, uh, can we do a good job at urgent care and continue that to grow and so that the entire company um, survives?
1: Great. I've got more questions than we can answer, but I got one last question before we wrap up, Price. Price why do you keep calling yourself a gas station when the best thing you sell are those hot pretzels? And that question comes from me. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, so pretzels, have now become a destination item, Stan, but for so many years, gas, sta- uh, gasoline is a destination item, right? Uh, uh, that uh, I, I can't wait till you give me uh, a, a good hard question like that about my urgent care and tell me, why do we keep calling it an urgent care if what you're really selling is an amazing experience and call it a, a, an you know, the experience of, of the future. Uh, So I'll give you a hard time with that.
1: Okay. Somebody has asked you if you've ever thought about selling a bagel shaped like a corn dog with cream cheese inside that you could heat on the roller and I could just easily eat it in the car. And that was fortunately sent anonymously. We <laughs> uh, don't have to answer that one.
2: Yeah, and I'm not going to because you know that I don't uh, have good answers for those things. Uh, I, I don't work in our sales department, and I don't think they want me. So, <laughs>
1: um, what are your? Do you have plans yet for rolling out Urgent Cares in other states? Because you got how many? Are you in like eleven states or something?
2: We're actually in sixteen states now. We continue to expand. Uh, so the, the the real answer is yes, uh, but the plans will be um, you know. Uh, uh, phased. So I, I think that best for building a brand would be uh, to try to have a ripple effect. So we're here in Tulsa and then just sort of expand. So I think that if uh, if if I had to answer right now and, and with us buying some land in other places, it would most likely be Kansas and Missouri and Texas would be the next three states that we would look at. Um, you know, some, some folks on the call, I'm sure, are much smarter to understand corporate practice of medicine laws that require um, you know, your org structure to look a little bit differently and you have to come up with an MSA structure. Uh, we're looking at doing that sort of thing. Uh, but that, I think, tees me up to say that what we're excited about is that uh, every employee of MedWise gets, you know, if they, if they are full-time and uh, they, they can have stock in Quick Trip. And so that's a, a good thing. Unfortunately, uh, there's some government regulation of what that looks like from an enterprise that's providing care. So we have, that'll take us a little bit of time to work through those sort of things.
1: Great. Well, Bryce, I really appreciate the time you've given us today. Uh, it's been great chatting with you and learning about QuickTrips' new adventures. Uh, we hope everybody has enjoyed the conversation today, and we hope that you will enjoy uh, or will visit with us next month. Uh, <clears throat> we'll be announcing our next session uh, shortly by email, so keep your eye out. So everybody stay safe. Remember that we have new COVID variants out there now, so wear that mask. It really does help. You may even want to wear two masks and stay safe, everybody. And thanks very much for attending.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the time with our very own Dr. Stan for 360 degrees of healthcare with Dr. Stan Schwartz, a part of Zero Studios. Tune in, subscribe. And review our podcast to keep current with the ins and outs of the medical and healthcare industry from the inside out.